shining a beacon on the bazaar. Kid, it's time to get radio tuned in. Come on. Oh, is it time? Is it time? Yeah. Oh, can't wait. I want to listen to the presidential inauguration. This is history being made. Oh, mate, I can't believe it, honestly. This is going to change the world, is it? It's going to change the world. The bad times are over. The good times are here. Can we just tune it in? I've got the knobs. Oh, here it goes. I can hear it starting. Oh, here it goes. Got it. Okay. And here we are now with the new presidential inauguration of the Bearded Clam Fish Farmers Association. And the winner is... Robo Pete! Yes! Oh, Pete! Oh, you were! Oh, Pete's won it! What? But what? Oh, Pete's Pete. the president! No, of the Bearded Clam Association, Arky! This is going to be a new era! A Bearded Clam. Yo, Arky, that's absolutely disgusting! That's filthy! What's is that? disgusting about it? Oh, I'm absolutely horrified by that! That's, well, why would you have to go use potty mouth language like that? It's not, it's a real thing, Arky! Come on, mate! What's the matter with you? A Bearded Clam is a real thing! Haven't you ever eaten one? Give over, man! That's absolutely <laughs> disgraceful! <laughs> listen, he's top boy now, he's Pete, so I'll have none of this. Right, well, oh, let's, have listen, let's listen to his bloody speech then, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, here he comes. Uh, I really am glad to be the Bearded Clams Fish Farm Association president. There's really nothing quite like the Bearded Clam Piss Flax. <laughs> oh, Pete, you leg oh, end, God. my son, my oh, leg end. God, have you heard him? Oh. He's a, he's a, he's a, a shambles, era. he's a mess. I won't have it. Well, I'll tell, <laughs> that's the most important thing that's happening in the world today. It just happened right there, Arky. Well, wow. Oh, God. Oh, I'm proud. I'll tell you I'm, what, I'm uh, beaming. We've got four years of that coming up at Crack and Cove, the podcast that shines <laughs> a beacon onto the bazaar. I'm not with that. <laughs> I'm Matt. <laughs> And I'm Benny. And we're the lighthouse keepers at Kraken Cove, and we're going to be ruled over by the all-powerful Bearded Clam Fish Farmers Association for four years, run by Robot Bloody Pete and his filthy mouth. The, <laughs> the titan that is Robot. Oh, I'm well oh, happy. You wait till we get our little, you know what I mean, our bits on the side, our extras, because of our Pete in the oh, office. We can you sod wait, off. Mate. <laughs> Let's have some music. Aye. <laughs> Well, I have to say, Arkid, I mean, the idea of, like, strange bloody bearded clams kicking around in the flipping seas is, 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 is bad enough, <laughs> is that, you know what I mean? And what with, what with weather and everything like that, it's chaos of the starts of the year. Because it's always it's silent it down out there at Kraken Cove at the moment. It ain't going to go away, Arkid. I think it's the next few days, is that? Yeah, I think so, too. We've got to ban down the hatches, but I quite like that myself. I quite like to ban yeah. down the hatches. The gr- Oil skins are by the door. Yeah, that's it. Well, don't <laughs> say that. Hatches are shut. <laughs> <laughs> it, it also what? it also reminds me. <laughs> well, it's, it's that thing that frightens me. It reminds me of um, of the uh, Flannan Isles mystery. Oh, aye, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, oh, the don't big... bring that back up again. No, Arky, no. no. <laughs> but the thing is, you see, if we were if we weren't going to be sort of lighthouse keepers, what sort of job do you think you'd like to do? 
Uh, I always said an ice cream van uh, man. Oh. I don't know why. I, I, like how you've always, I like how you always reach for the stars, our kid. <laughs> <laughs> High hopes, our kid. High I know, hopes. that's it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I think a good one here I've seen, if I'm going to cast my light out, and I found myself a decent little new job that's been kicking about. Oh, I. So this is from The Guardian by Patrick Barkham, and it reads, Wanted. UK Bison Rangers. No no previous experience expected. So, wow. it says here, um, Can you handle a beast as heavy as a small car that can hurdle high fences from a standing start and is as peaceful bulldozer for biodiversity? Now, this actually sounds like some of your past girlfriends, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't handle them right well. No. <laughs> <laughs> now nah, I won't be going for that one. No, but it's just, <laughs> oh, but no. If you're not intimidated by the weightiest wild animal, in a uh, wild mammal, sorry, in Europe, yeah. you could become Britain's first ever bison ranger. So two people are being sought to manage a small herd of wild European bison being introduced into Bleen Woods near Canterbury to help restore the woodland for wildlife. And Kent Wildlife Trust and the Wildlife Trust and the Wildwood Trust hope that the bison, the closest living relative to the ancient steppe bison that once roamed Britain, will positively disrupt pine plantations within the ancient woodland for the benefit of other species. So what do you think of that? That's amazing, isn't it? I didn't even know we had a European bison or the roam these fair lands. I thought it was just like an American gig, you know what I mean? I thought I didn't know anything about that. Well, apparently uh, the, we we out. I think it was several thousand years ago where they wiped out. They kind of wiped out by sort of ancient Pictish or Celtic types, uh, and yeah. they were hunted to extinction with it with a bison. And they were big old beasts, big old wallopers. These things. Uh, they are huge when you look at them, like the American ones. God Almighty, they're big. Yeah, they? that's it. I mean, like I said, there's a ton of pure muscle snuffling around in the undergrowth. I mean, can you imagine that could be coming across that on your little woodland walk? I mean, it'd be pretty terrifying, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> pretty. Yeah. <laughs> but this is what they did, you see. Um, bison, which were hunted to extinction in Britain thousands of years ago, felled trees by rubbing up against them and eating the bark. And they create spaces of light in woods and providing dead wood, which helps thousands of invertebrate species. And they also, uh, they also create patches of bare earth by dust bathing, which can provide habitat for insects and lizards. Now, My God, yeah. isn't it fascinating? I love stuff like that. Why would it scratch against a tree, arc, it? Like an ETR? Yeah, but ETRs might be a bit, a bit of shit kicked on there. <laughs> <laughs> the clinkers must yeah. be unbelievable on them boys. I know, so, but the thing is, you see, Blaine Woods is one of the last strongholds of the Heath Fritillary Butterfly, and it's um, and it's only survived because parts of the woods were regularly coppiced by people. Now, do you know what coppiced is? It's like dogginess. <laughs> <laughs> no, what, what, it, what it is, they'd, uh, a copy to copies of wood. What you do, you find particular trees, um, things like willow and various other things, and you, and you chop them down to a certain height. But because of that, the, this stump of the tree was a certain height. Loads of little shoots would sprout up all around it, right? But then they'd grow into like long sticks with these shoots. And then you chop them back, and you chop them back. But the weird thing is about coppicing a tree. If you kept coppicing it, and you could, as a family, doing it, and this happened, they sometimes survive for tens of thousands of years, did these trees. Because they were just kept trimmed back like this, constantly trimmed back. And it, oh, it was just something that caused them to survive forever. And even now, some of the most ancient trees that are snug, sort of snuck away in our woodlands were once coppiced, and therefore they seem to have this almost like eternal life. 
But the, the, else, it's like bonsai up a yeah. bit, you know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah, it's like, a little bit. Yeah, there's something about sort of taking away that, that that one major trunk and making loads and loads and loads of sort of smaller trunks that seems to give it yeah. absolute vitality. And um, these these long stri- sort of strips then are turned into things. Well, one of the first ones for coppicing was bows, using for bow and arrows. Ah. You know, and then use it sort of for uh, hedging and stuff like that, and fencing and things. So these yeah. these little spaces where this coppice tree be co- cut down uh, created these nice little sort of like patches of light where the heath fritillary butterfly could just sort of swan around and have a right good time of it. God, it's amazing! I love all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it like, can actually gel together. Yeah, well, it's like Avatar in a weird way. You know, we're going to oh look at Avatar. It's like no, it's supposed to happen every once such decades. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> true. And, but this is why it's so important to have like the full range of sort of important what they call I think they call keystone species. Uh, such such as the oh, such yeah. as the beaver is a, is a keystone species. The, here we go. <laughs> no, I was thinking keystone cops and that. I just thought it was cute when you said beaver. As, imagine the beaver dressed up as a cop. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, that's sweet. <laughs> that's cute. But yeah, these, these certain things. It's like a wolf is as well. You know, a wolf's a keystone species where you have to have certain. These all these elements have to be in place for to create a really healthy ecosystem. Um, and there's no such thing as actual balance in the ecosystem. That's a myth, is that there's always flux and change and alterations yeah. and additions. But we all we all have to have a lot of these yeah. basic things in place, otherwise you have imbalance. And there's a big problem at the moment in uh, Scotland and and throughout the rest of England with wild deer. And the problem they have with wild deer is they just like eat loads and loads of trees down, so they never grow. And as a result, on like yeah. riverbanks, they get loads of erosion. And up in the Highlands of Scotland, they just eat everything to these wild deer. And the only apex predator uh, to take wild deer out is humans shooting them. That's yeah, the, that's why they call them so. Yeah, much that's it. it. Unfortunately, so that's why we're the one to introduce the wolf and the one to introduce like the lynx. Up there, you know, yeah. so that'd be cool. They should do get it all back, man. Get it wild again. Well, that's uh, it, you see, but never, yeah, never you... mind the ramblers and that, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, there's, there's no fear of being attacked by a wolf. A wolf wouldn't attack you, and a lynx wouldn't attack you. Um, you'd be actually more in danger. Oh, no, it's totally true. They wouldn't. There's, there's, even where there is wild uh, wolves and lynx in Europe, there's no, there's no recorded attacks in sort of modern wow. era. It just doesn't happen. Because they know that we're bad news, and they just leave us well yeah. alone. You know what I mean? If we, if we introduce yeah. mountain lions, that's a different thing because mountain lions, right. like, in, in, they're a bit of an issue in like uh, California. Because if you're that yeah. stalking and that, yeah, yeah. like hikers and joggers and that, they're terrifying. Yeah, but so a lynx is a lot smaller. You know, like a like a bobcat, I suppose to call it that yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. But they're big enough to take down young deer, and that's what you need. It sounds yeah. a bit tight, but you need the young to be kind of cold. Nah, it's just the thing is we wipe them out, aren't we? Already, we need to bring them back, yeah. and hopefully that a similar species that's been lost because you're right that bit about the ecosystem it's never right and that's why you have like you know bad weather systems it's like a chaos theory in a way it kind of eventually it works out right doesn't it yeah. you know what I mean with a bit of bad weather a bit of good weather you've got it all um, you've got, got full, the right animals yeah you got a full mixing pot and that's the thing where some of the, what, what this is kind of known as megafauna a big things like bison and things because they mm. come in and, and like what elephants do as well they kind of crack open things and break stuff down and smash stuff up and you think oh look at the mess they've left the next thing you know, loads yeah. of little insects all scurrying around and having a good old dinner. And you've got like lovely little yeah. sort of other things like lizards and stuff just think, hey, thank you, Mr. Bison, for giving a bit of space, yeah. you know. And it's great. <laughs> Cheers, elephant, for scratching your ass on that yeah. big tree. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> well done. But the good thing is about being a, being a, a bison farmer or like being a bison ranger, you're basically like a massive cowboy, aren't you? The cows, yeah, they're just massive cows. As soon as. 
Yeah. As soon as you said it, I was just thinking, cowboy. You, you know them two are going to be all rigged up and that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you'd be pretty good for it because you've got your cowboy outfit that you can still put on sometimes, don't you? I've seen you playing yeah. around upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, don't be talking about you that. You bottomless chaps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! <laughs> That's introducing sort of wildlife that sort of should be here originally, you know. But there's, there's wildlife out there that shouldn't be here. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking Australia and all that sort of stuff. With the we've got them here as well. You were on about them uh, crayfish at one point. Oh one, yeah, terrified me. Does all that hate it? Yeah, but at least they're delicious. So that's one thing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a headline here from the BBC, and it says Coronation Street actor finds four-foot royal python on the toilet seat. <laughs> Whoa, Coronation Street Python toilet seat. Yeah, right, that's it, yeah. So, <laughs> a Coronation Street actor said he was left dreaming of snakes after he found a four foot royal python sitting on his bog seat. <laughs> you could have said that a bit sexy there. You mean he's having nightmares about snakes? Well, he, he, he's, <laughs> he's, he's dreaming of snakes. It sounds like he's thinking of big wangers, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> now that snake reminds me <laughs> so this is a story it's, uh, uh, Harry Vicinoni who plays Seb Franklin in the TV soap went to brush his teeth on Saturday when he <laughs> <laughs> he only does it once a week <laughs> <laughs> so he said he went to brush his teeth on Saturday when he saw the reptile staring at him in his home in Hale and, and it's thought the snake had slithered off from its previous owner and into a wall cavity, said the RSPCA. And the charity has named it Lulu, which it said seemed appropriate. Which I don't know why that... Why is that fucking appropriate? I don't know. Oh, I know, because it was in the toilet. Lulu, that's what it is. Oh, that's a bad pun, isn't it? That's a bad pun. Mm, punny. Mm, nice. So, uh, after seeing the reptile curled up in his bathroom, Mr. Visidoni ran out and called for his girlfriend, Ellie Isaac, right? And opening the door briefly, the couple watched as the snake then slithered onto the top of the toilet and sat on the seat, just staring at us. I thought I'd go get to the kitchen, get kitchen chair and just total... I probably missed the snake, but I'd just smash that bathroom to smithereens. Kitchen man. chair? Is that what you did? <laughs> yeah, I'd be straight for a wooden kitchen chair in a situation like that. <laughs> I'd go... Oh, I couldn't help it. I'd just go mental. Well, here's, here's a little addition to the story you're going to like. So, after discussing what they should do, they returned, but found the python had disappeared. Oh, don't you, Ben, or what? The, or back into the cavity at wall? They don't know, right? But the pair <laughs> then spent a sleepless night dreaming about snakes before calling the RSPCA in the morning. I mean, can you imagine it disappearing and you're thinking, oh, oh, fuck, where's it gone? <laughs> no, you just got to move out of that. You yeah. That's why you go get a kitchen chair. You just, you got to solve it straight away, a problem like that. Of course you do. It, <laughs> least, if it's disappeared, what you need to do is just set fire to your entire house, don't you? you know? yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm there. I would be there with your kid. He's just like, he's got to be done. Yeah, that's, it's that's ruined. Do that house is ruined. That's the playbook. That's the playbook. And even yeah. if you find it again, what would be a massive nest of them? You're like in Indiana Jones when he falls down that pit. Yep. You know what Mate, I mean? That's exactly what I thought. What did it leave? Just like loads of eggs or something, oh, you know what I mean? God does hear loads it, of eggs. That makes me feel is really. Is it pythons? 
they, they eat you whole, don't they? Apparently, do they strangle you know, like crush you? Yeah, they eat you they're, whole they're, or something. they're a constrictor. That's what they are. But, but to be honest, they, they're actually they will bite. They will they will give you a good yeah, old yeah. bite. And you've got to be a little oh. bit careful because if that bite turns septic, it could be a killer in itself. You know. <laughs> Three weeks later, you know, it's got you. <laughs> you fall over, then it eats it you. It just swallows <laughs> you, you know. So, animal rescue officer Sonia Hume arrived and eventually located the snake behind a bathroom radiator. Of course, because they like warm areas, don't they? PC, now they didn't look right hard, did they? It's behind. Busy bathroom radiator. Yeah, I know, but the, what I love about this is that it's, it's a fairly docile species but can bite when threatened. And although the animal was quite feisty, she managed to catch <laughs> it using a pillowcase. Oh, so she's pretty no decent, this Sonia Hume, isn't she? She's like flipping oh, crocodile yeah, Dundee of like Hume. <laughs> Tomb Raider. <you> know? <laughs> this is it. <laughs> so they said, I thought it was quite apt that the royal python was found on the throne. On the toilet. Oh, oh God. Oh, Lulu, give up, guys. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so the, the thing that it's all sort of, sort of fled, you know, from where it's been, sort of like it's been with its owner, and it's uh, it just got into their house. But I mean, I'm I'm quite I love animals and things, you know. But there's a time and a place for any yeah. animal, I think. You know, it's like uh, I'd love a bison. I love bison. They're great. But I don't want one in garden, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, totally. It's uh, in, sort of like insects and stuff, you know. I love I love all sorts of insects, but I don't want them all in my mouth. And yeah, you know, and, yeah. and and like a, a big royal python like that, you don't want it in your bathroom, do you? You don't want to eat any of pissing house. Is, it, is that story true? Art? <laughs> is that story true? That woman, that lady, had it like a big python, and she's oh yeah, it's well tamed. You know what I mean? It goes to bed with me. You know what I mean? I go to bed and I lay out, and it lays down next to me. And uh, somebody heard about it. And they're like, uh, that python is just sizing you up. Oh, you I've heard story? about that. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah, kind of it's basically it, yeah, yeah. When it's long enough, when he looks at you, think, yep, I'm as long as you now. It's going to eat you. Well, <laughs> I, I, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure whether it's true that I, th- I think they do. They do have to measure what they're going to eat, and I don't think they do it sort of almost like, not like a tailor, like a bit of you know, yeah. sort of like measuring it with a bit of a bit of tape measure or something. Or oh, because oh, let's face yeah. it, if you if you if you're a like a an attack predator. You're not going to lay next to your prey first and see if you're the right size. After you've crushed it to death, Arkid, yes. Oh, well, that's true, that's true, yeah. Well, have you, have you to be seen careful. what's come out of them? Have you seen it in foreign countries, like in India and stuff, when they've actually caught them and they've got like a whole cow out of it and yeah. stuff? Well, no, they've, they've had whole goats, they've had whole goats out of them before. All right, and, and there was, a, there was a very famous one, which was a picture where one had burst while it was in the process yeah. of eating an alligator. Oh my god, that's like a bad movie, isn't it? I know, that's it, you know, that's not the kind of buffet I want to be part of anyway, but you know, it's... Like, but, you know, no, I think he got, no, he got no. away with it there, though, you know what I mean? They've got the, the snakes in a good home again now, and it's, it's been, been safe. But what gets me is, if you've lost a python, aren't you a bit like, yeah. uh, he, he, why, do you, why do you stay quiet? Surely you'd say to him, please, I lost my fucking python, you know? Yeah. Help me, please. He's out roaming somewhere. Yeah, he's, he's some tool about four doors down, going doopy 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 doo, just sort of keeping stum with, with a fridge full of dead mice. <laughs> Looking out the window, mm, still not there. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I think we've had a little bit of enough of wildlife for one day, don't you? Yep, that's done me. I'll be, I'll be dreaming of snakes. Dreaming tonight. of snakes. <laughs> so, you see, it's been a while since we've done a good job of um, ca- 
blasting our light up into space, have we? Well, oh, lovely. That is what I need. Yes, please. This is always one of your favourite things, is this? You know, you like that a little bit space, of space. Yeah, yeah, like see. Yeah. So um, this is the headline from um, Dan Rabitsky from uh, Futurism.com. So this is quite a nice little cool. thing. Yeah, I like the sound of this. So and the headline is NASA fixes the Mars lander by telling it to hit itself with a shovel. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So NASA's InSight lander, which is currently on the surface of Mars, has faced some unexpected problems during its mission to explore and study the planet. Namely, a digging probe that was built to burrow beneath the surface like a jackhammer. It, wow. it got stuck because Mars's soil is clumpier than scientists expected. So, clumpier. clumpier. So I don't know what clumpier entails. Maybe a bit lumpy. Maybe yeah. they thought it was going to be a bit dustier, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's a bit yeah. clay, maybe a bit lumpy. After a few failed attempts to get it out, NASA had to get a bit creative. And ultimately, it freed the probe up by giving it a solid thwack with Insight's shovel. So he's, he's, he's got like a... It's almost like if you think of it, he's got like a tool in one of its little robot arms and he's got another tool, tool in the other. And he can't get his probe out, so he's giving the other arm a good old smack with his shovel. <laughs> I love it. So NASA expected its probe, dubbed the Mole, to dig its way through sand-like terrain. But because the Martian soil it clumped together, the whole apparatus got stuck in place. But programming InSight's robotic arm to land down on the mole was a risky last resort manoeuvre, PopSci reports, which is another website, because it risked damaging fragile power and communication lines that attached nearby. So can you imagine that? If you're, you're trying to program a robot that's on Mars to give itself a smack, and can you imagine watching going, well, this is a bit of a risky manoeuvre, and you just see it suddenly like this spade whack down and chop its other arm <laughs> off. <laughs> doink, doink, doink. It could have gone like, a la 2001 Space Odyssey, and it was like, you want me to hit myself? <laughs> Hello, Dave. Just yeah, sounds really good. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? It's a really yeah, weird concept. Think, it's like telling really the weird. compute to hurt itself in a way, unless it... It could fathom why. Well, sometimes as well, there's like a little delay between the the, the the sort of message getting to the machine. You see, because obviously Mars is so far away. I think it takes like a little bit of time to get there. Mm. So can you imagine, like you know, the the shovels there above the the, the little drill, the little drill mole thing? And can you imagine if at that point they said they sent the message and print, it's pressed enter, something like living scuttled on top of it, right? <laughs> <laughs> we just yeah. smack it with a shovel. <gasps> We've just started an alien <laughs> war. Yeah, it's like a baby Yoda starts meditating on it. It's like, oh yeah. shit! <laughs> abort! 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 Smack! Bang! Bang! <laughs> Just twice, baby Yoda. <laughs> I tell you, it's funny though. It's like they, they thought it was gonna be dusty, and it's clumpy. It just it, I can't help it going around my head. It's like there's moisture there, or something, or more moisture than the thought. You know, to well, yeah, create a bit true. of clumpiness. Yeah, they, this is true. Is this? Um, they have found quite a lot of water on Mars now. There's a lot of frozen yeah. water, and I think they've found quite a lot of water actually under the under. The surface. So yeah, thinking now, is. I think this is one of the reasons they're sort of digging. They think we're going to dig and see if we can find moisture. And they've bloody found it. They're digging around a load of mud. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it's um, it, with tentative results that the mole is working again. NASA hopes to uh, again task it with burrowing beneath the surface of Mars. And once it's down there, it'll hopefully be able to complete its research mission, which is analysing temperature fluctuations inside the red planet in an attempt to understand how similar Mars's core is to that of Earth. But yeah, so there's, there's lots of um, 
there's lots of going lots of things going on in space at the moment i think it's quite exciting times isn't it you know it is it's, it's just mental and like I say that bit about finding moisture in so many more places than i thought it was it's, it is it's, it's going to open it all up I mean, what happens if it turns out there is just stuff all over there, like our own solar system? Not where we've been looking out for, like, signs of life all over the place. What happens if they go to, like, Europa and Titan and all these other planets and they suddenly think, there's life, there's life, there's stuff everywhere, you know? Yes, especially, you know, you always think it's life and it's going to be, like, some civilised place, you know what I mean, or more civilised than us. But if you kind of got there and they're, like, proper swamp donkeys and really <laughs> weird, you know what I mean? <laughs> Tentacle beasts and stuff, some really Be- terrifying stuff. Big bearded clams. <laughs> yeah, massive bearded clams. <laughs> but you see, I, I always fancy again. I keep, I keep championing Europa. I, I think there could be something like squid-like down there. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, I always, yeah, I do like the squid idea of it. But what would be um, weird is if, if they went up there and they did find some sort of squid or giant octopus, sort of tentacled creature that floats, and it was genetically exactly the same as ours, and it just wow. turns out that like things like squids or cuttlefish are just aliens. Well, I've heard it before. There's something really odd about um, octopuses and squid, isn't there? They're very unique creatures on Earth, and they're yeah. so intelligent, aren't they? I think we the covered it a little bit before. Yeah. The cephalopods, they're called, you know. Is that uh, it? Yeah, yeah. Or, or cephalopods, I think it is. I'm not sure which one. Yeah. I only know these things from reading about it, so I, I don't get the pronunciation right sometimes. But, yeah, yeah they, I, find, I find them extremely interesting, you know. And I, yeah. I think and tasty. Squid ass. Absolutely tasty, delicious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Let's me get... a bit of calamari. <laughs> oh, I mate. Oh, I all of it. Oh, the whole rainbow squid is just beautiful. Even tentacles of an octopus, little baby octopuses. Let's get you to re- Europa. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you get things that are fixed quite easily with a shovel, aren't they? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, most things like a hammer or a shovel, you can do wonders with it. You can, you know. But I mean, these um, this this particular person, I don't want any any ill will to go towards them. But I just think they need they need something, they need a bit of a shake. I think they need a bit yeah, of a yeah. sort of like a kick up the arse or something, because this is. Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina candle reportedly explodes in UK woman's home. Ah, what's it called? It's called something right funny, isn't it? A vagina candle, even though that's a funny name already. But have you? Did you know about her vagina candle? Yeah, I've heard about it. She really gets on my tits. Paltrow. <laughs> she, she was wonderful in the talented Mr. Ripley. I think she, she did was, an excellent she? Yeah. fucking role in that. She was perfect. But I can't think of anything else she's done good in her life. It's just she really does annoy me at that moment. She's so self-centred. I, th- I think it's, it's when people lose the plot completely and it, you know everyone around them just says yes to them regardless of what it is they're deciding to do and then yeah. they just lose the plot and she yeah. is she's lost the plot more than anybody else. Yeah, so this totally. is a story, this is by uh, Yaron Steinbuck for, for New York Post and it says, This Gwyneth Paltrow candle didn't pass the smell test according to a report. <laughs> A this smells like my vagina candle that the actress peddles on Goop exploded into flames in the living room of a UK woman who won the odoriferous product in a quiz. Right, so it's it. it I mean, I'm surely, surely candles are meant to light up. I think that's yeah, one of the things yeah. you, you know. But but this candle oh, exploded, oh. right, and emitted. So the candle exploded. 
and emitted huge flames with bits flying everywhere. Jody Thompson, 50, told the outlet. <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. The whole thing was ablaze, and it was too hot to touch. There was an inferno in the room. The media consultant from Kilburn, North London, added. <laughs> so, Thompson, who lives with her partner, David Snow, said they threw the flaming candle out of the front door. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what a sight that would be. Can you just sitting there, right? You sat there, you're just watching a bit of telly, right? And suddenly, a candle that smells like a, a film star's fanny blows up, right? <laughs> and it emits loads of flames. I'd be terrified of that. I mean, they haven't said who it, it was lit or not, have they? Well, that's the truth. You can't just self-combust. Maybe Gwyneth Fanny does that anyway. He just kind of like bursts into flames now and again. That's where she got the idea. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's absolutely bizarre. But um, So Paltrow, 48, launched the $75 candle. $75 oh. for a candle that smells of her fanny. Oh, it's just so... She said it was like a punk thing, didn't oh, she? Or something. It's like, the fuck is punk about that? Punk. So she said it's $75 candle emitting her private scent in January 2020. Now, you get this, right? How about this for bullshit? Scent notes include geranium, citrusy bergamot and cedar, absolute juxtaposed with damask, rose and ambretta seed, according to her online store. So she thinks her fanny... Smells like geraniums, citrus bergamot, cedar, damask rose, and ambretta seed, right? That's what she thinks it smells like. So she's there, she sticks well, her finger in, and shoves it under her nose, and I goes, yeah, <laughs> bergamot. What were ex called? Is it Chris Martin? Because I had a word with him once, and he said it smelled like bottom of Robo Pete's boat. <laughs> <laughs> with a little hint of lobster pot. Gwyneth, what are you on about? Yeah, get a grip. Come on. We all know what it smells like. It smells like a fanny. <laughs> There's no wrong with that, though. There's no wrong with it. Fanny fanny's smell. supposed to smell like fannies, not a candle. Yeah, okay, well, I mean, that's that. it. If I went down there and you found out it smelled like bloody roses and bergamot, I'd be thinking, what, what's this? What have you had up here? We're yeah. expecting to get something like a car air freshener out or something. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just remove this first, Gwyneth. I mean, can you imagine that? They did one of you, and it says, This smells like my cog. And it's the exact same shape as well. <laughs> what, what did you call it? The hot dog cinnamon cookie? <laughs> <laughs> smells like spam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's gross. That made me stomach up. Springtime when we take the road once more. For the planting and the purling and the berry fields of blur We'll meet up with our kinfolk from all the world around When the gang of bird folk take the road and yellows on the broom When yellows on the broom When yellows on the broom And I'll get you on the road again When yellows on the broom so I'm going to have to move away from that because I get a bit enraged, don't you, with a bit of the, the mm-hmm. Gwyneth Paltrow's fanny candle. I get a bit annoyed, you know, so... Especially <laughs> they blow up. They don't even fit for purpose. So what, yeah, we, well, what we need to do, we need to move towards something which is more of a... Maybe, maybe of a male-orientating sort of sexy thing. If you can call us a candle sexy. I suppose if it smells like a fanny, it's sort of sexy, isn't it? Fair. But we've got a new... Uh, we've discovered a new product here and a, and a good friend of mine, Clive, has put me onto this. Uh, hi, Clive, if you're listening. And he sent me a link to this and he thought it might be of interest to me, this this sort of sexy item. 
So, um, you know, you're a sexy kind of guy. You, you might be interested in this sort of malarkey. <laughs> Try. <laughs> so the headline on the website for this product, right, it says, Sex will never be the same again. Introducing the Baldo. Right, the now, Baldo. Yeah, what do you think the Baldo is? The Baldo. Christ, that seems a bit intimidating. He's like... Yeah. Baldo. I keep thinking pubes or some or lack of pubes when you say yeah. baldo. But well, that's like an old hat now, isn't it? You know, I think yeah. we're all a bit a bit bored with the old uh, Kojak look. Yeah, well um, it's a, shall, shall I let you in on it then, what this is. Yeah, please. This is the world's first ball dildo. Right? Ball dildo. Right, so who yeah. goes? You're pushing back up like a sumo or something. Go on. A new era in sex has arrived. We've created the world's first sex toy that will allow you to penetrate your partner with your balls <laughs> and unleash pleasure that you've never experienced before. Let the ball sex revolution begin. Oh my god, that's twisting my small brain, man. Ugh. I don't need to like like it or not. Go on, freeze right. this. So the, basically, basically, this is what it looks like. I will give you a description of what. Imagine like a dildo, right? Or like you know, like it looks like a like a like a, a torpedo or something. Does this thing? Yeah. But it's got like a cavity in it. And this cavity, you kind of cram your knackers in, right? What, one in front of the other? You've got to no, no, the side by side, there's like a cavity right. for it. Side by side in this thing. What you need to do is, um, so so you need to have a little look. Have you, have you found a picture of it? Whoa. <laughs> Jeez. So now Jeez. Oh, oh, there's someone wearing it. Have you seen it? Yeah. <laughs> right. Mate, so, no. So I'm going to, for the listeners out there, I'll, I'll describe what this is. It's basically, it's look, imagine like a quite thick, grey, metallic-looking dildo. But it's got like a little sort of, like a little hatch in it where you can post your knackers into this hatch. <laughs> and, keep, and you lock them all in. And then what you're supposed to do somehow is, well, I'll tell you. So first of all, it says step one. Make your balls hairless and lube. Step two. Stretch the baldo. Over your balls. <laughs> Stre- Step three. Stretch over the spacer rings. And then insert into your partner. Now, I can't think of any bigger passion killer than me mm. crouched over myself in the corner of the room <laughs> trying to get a torpedo on my knackersack, right? <laughs> and then much. That waddling back over to the bedroom, back to the bedroom. All right, last brace yourself before thumbing in a boulder and my knackers into her. Oh my god, the angles are all wrong as well. If you ask me, with this, it's going to be an hard angle. To f- and plus, I'm not being funny, but I've got a pair of duck eggs on me. I don't think they're going to fit in that man. They'll be like proper, like out sides and stuff. I don't well, think that, it looks dangerous. Well, it- <laughs> Duck eggs, <laughs> just one, just one popping out. <laughs> so What's the lady gonna do? The li- I don't know. I don't she think she gets. Well, I suppose it's just like a massive dildo going into it. But I mean, it, the idea of like, I just don't think it's a sexy idea at all. I mean, is it for double penetration? Is it like one up the bowman, one up the ordinary? I don't know. Yeah, so you're gonna get stuck. You're gonna get, get some mischief. I think, think I'm in a load of bother if you wedge your bollocks up somebody's ass. 
I think even if it's in a boldo and all that, I don't know. Because the thing is with it, 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 it they don't just sit inside because they hang out either side a little bit, don't they? It's like space for the balls to feel what's going on. Well, I swear to God, man, if you look further down, there's a bloke and he's like showing you how to put it on. I am. Let's just get off this. Of, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> well, these are like the world. These are these are what the features, the special features. It says the tip is no wider than most cocks. Skin safe, ultra soft platinum silicone. Stretchy upper ring and makes it easy to put on and take off without hurting your balls. Patented super strong inner core to prevent collapse when thrusting. And there's two spacer rings included to make your balls rigid enough for penetration. Oh, that makes me feel a bit sick. It does, doesn't it? Hammering away with your knackers. It's not it, right. It's not right. That, that's where people are. They just become bored, aren't they? They've become yeah. bored, you know. And they're even turning around and saying, sort of like now, they're saying, sort of, what, what's this to say here? Oh, this is a testimonial. We've got a testimonial, right? Wow. So this, this person said, um, the Baldo is a game changer for penetrative sex. It's like waving a magic wand and suddenly giving a guy a second penis that never goes soft and also gives a completely different type of orgasm. Whoa, I, don't, I don't think so. And then, and then they finish off and saying, Baldo, make 2021 the year of ball sex. <laughs> Just that. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what we need rolling in after a pandemic, isn't it? You know what I mean? So what was 2020? Oh, that was the year of the pandemic. Remember remember all those people dying? Yeah, we're awful, <laughs> wasn't it? What about 2021? What were all that about, Grandad? Ah, oh, that was the year of ball sex. Ball what, Grandad? Oh, that's when we all saw... We, we decided to thumb... We got so bored during 2020. We all started thumbing our knackers into everybody else's assholes. <laughs> I swear to God, they're gonna get sued. Something really bad's gonna happen. They're gonna get sued for messing about with all that. I just, I just imagine like a large popping noise, and you're pulling oh. back, and everything's just come off, and you're yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> I imagine like finishing thinking, God, that's smarted a bit. And you, like they've turned really purple or something. You know what I mean? Really bad colour and something. Just like, oh, black. God. Really black. <laughs> 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 then they fall off after a week. Or something. I, this is it's just not a good idea. If, if, I know we're all we're all bored during lockdown. I lot sort of like it, but let's not do that. Let's just keep it a bit more. Let's go tame. Let's take it easy. Let's not do some know. baking. Do, do some, some baking. baking. Sourdough. It's, that's it. Yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be about sourdough. Don't cram your sourdough into a fucking dildo. <laughs> <laughs> So no, that's a silly idea. No baldos, no baldos. We won't be doing any of that kind of malarkey. Not in the lighthouse. No, this is, this is the thing. I mean, hopefully, you see, we're like um, we're a public service is cracking curve. We're sort of yeah. telling people what not to do. You know what I mean? That's what you have to do all the time. I would like to remind people if they've got little stories like like Clive shared with the the baldo with us and stuff. You can always contact Cracking Curve yourself. So you can get in touch with Cracking Curve because we're at crackandcurvepodcast at gmail.com. Um, we're at Twitter, we're just at Crack and Curve, uh, and, and Instagram at Crack and Curve Pod. 
And if you just tap Crack and Cove into uh, Facebook, you can find us there. We're all over the place, really. We're like We're a nasty everywhere. rash. Yeah, like a yeah. nasty rash. You can always find Crack and Cove. You so get in touch. Eyes and ears, it is. You've got Clive's on a belter there with yeah. the old fucking. Pop. It's a good one, isn't it? <laughs> So I, I've got another. Uh, I've got another like a warning of things not to do here, right? And uh, this one I think you really like, Ben. It is this one. This is by Josh K. Elliott from Global News, and magic mushrooms grew in man's blood after he injected them as a tea. Ah, uh, whoa! It's a fungus, magic fungus, his veins and blood up. Yep. What were he jacking mushrooms? <laughs> Jesus, what an idiot. Yeah, is, he no. de- is he dead? Right, let's see what happened, right? Oh, so, a US man was reportedly hospitalised with organ failure after he injected himself with a tea made from psychedelic mushrooms, which later started growing in his veins. Oh my god, I've never heard something so wrong and disgusting. Crikey. Yeah. The unusual and dangerous episode is described in a case report slated to appear in the January edition of the Journal of the Academy of Consultation Liaison Psychiatry. The unidentified patient, 30, ultimately survived. So the guy's obviously had a bit of an episode, he's a bit sort of like, he, he, he's had a suffering from a bit of mental illness, so he's had a bit of a breakdown or something. And he's decided... He just to get ripped up on his tits, didn't he? That's what he thought. <laughs> Let's save a bit of money and jack it up. Well, it says here that the doctors say the patient had tried to use the so-called magic mushrooms as an alternative treatment for his bipolar disorder after skipping Ooh. his usual course of medications, according to reports. And he's like, oh, you don't, never self-medicate. No, you just don't yeah, self-medicate. Yeah, it's not yeah. a good idea. It's a silly Switching idea. To that. Yeah. So psychedelic mushrooms contain psilocybin, a drug that causes intense hallucinations when ingested through food and drink. And according to the case report reviewed by Insider, the unidentified man made a tea out of some mushrooms, then ran it through a filter and injected it into his body. He fell ill a few days later and showed symptoms of jaundice, diarrhoea, fatigue and nausea, and he also vomited blood. Oh, God! It's like an edition of Quatermass the Pit and the Pit is just like... God. But the fact he went to all his thing, he sort of like, he boiled it, he ran it through a filter, and then he got jacked up on it, and you see... <laughs> I wonder though if, if it's in his system all the time. I wonder if he's constantly seeing shit. Oh, God, oh, I reckon so. You know, if it's growing in you, it's got to be washing and swilling about and that. I know, it's bleak, oh. innit? So the man's family rushed him to a Nebraska hospital, but he was too confused to answer doctors' questions about his health. And doctors reportedly ran a battery of tests and found that his liver was damaged, his kidneys weren't functioning properly, and he was on the verge of complete organ failure. They also conducted a blood test and were shocked by what they found. The pulverised mushrooms had become spriting in the darkness of the man's bloodstream. Oh, Man, so they've so the, been going looking in his blood and they've suddenly just come across mushrooms growing. <laughs> oh, that makes me feel really weird. <laughs> I do. It's really getting me. Is that man? Yeah. Oh. So doctors put the man on a ventilator to keep him to keep him breathing and gave him antibiotics and antifungals to stamp out the spores. And he spent 22 days in hospital and will remain on the antifungals and antibiotics for the long term. So researchers have been investigating psilocybin as a treatment for anxiety and depression for years, but the research does not recommend injecting mushroom tea. Right? <laughs> you just don't bloody do it, you know what I mean? 
It says the only trip he got was a trip to the intensive care unit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, gone. we've had some puns tonight, Aki. I'll tell you what, though, it's like a Twilight Zone or some, like, future shocks from 2018. Oh, no. I'm not being horrible, but, you know, could you keep him going, you know, like, artificially get his lungs and livers and all kidneys and all the rest of it going and let it grow and grow? Because it's literally taking over his, his, his... hosting in his body and it? it's like changing maybe, maybe he's going to be a new superhero he's going to be like Mushroom Man or something <laughs> the toadstool he's in a field whacking <laughs> off in a field <laughs> licking a tree <laughs> completely gibbering he might be like a supervillain might he you know what I mean like, be like a joker or something you know this guy with all these mushrooms going off his face coming to get you you know oh jeez he just has a wee in the, like, the, the water tanks or something of a city and he's just oh like, god that's a gross <laughs> Yeah. Well, I have heard it before. I, I'm always nervous when uh, people say, "Oh, it's lovely isn't it, in autumn." You go along in the in the park and you, you kick up leaves, and it, oh, isn't it romantic? And I think, no, don't mm. kick leaves. Not a fan of it because these very dangerous mold spores grows in leaves, and when you kick them, they go up into the air, and you can inhale them. And there's been deaths of people who've inhaled leaf spores that's just been from from raking leaves in the garden. My God! Because mushrooms God. have grown in the dark, moist of the of the lungs. And, oh. Oh. oh, that's horrible, isn't it? Yeah, I don't like anything growing in me or anything like that. You know, oh, like say you see the sinister side to mushrooms and mold. You know, it's, you know, like in a mouldy house. You know, you can get really. Ill from that over black time, mold, guy. yeah, it's true. We, we, yeah. we had black mold in our last house, and our, our landlord, who's a complete twat, by the way, he was in. <laughs> oh, I know what the black mold's from. It's from you know you're drying a few clothes in your house. That's what the issue is. No, it's not, mate. It's the fact that the whole place, down to its plaster, is completely infested with black mold. And all you ever yeah. do when we move out, you just paint over it and wait for somebody else to come in. And when they complain of black mold, you'll say the same thing. So yeah, you know, oh. with little kids in house and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, Christ. don't well, get me unleashed, on landlords. <laughs> you, you unleashed like mushroom hell in one house, didn't you? When you when you started growing them in a cellar and it went fucking day at Triffids down there. What me? No, I've never done that. And yeah, no, the uh, Jenny Wampar's house. Oh. No, I can't remember that at all. I can. <laughs> Maybe I'm just off my tits at the time on mushrooms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it's about time to wrap things up here, you know, kid. You know what I mean? It's like now we've got a new presidential sort of like a leader, a new president in the form of Robo <laughs> Pete for the whole area of sort of like Crack and Cove. It would probably be a curfew or something, won't they? Knowing him, you know, I'll <laughs> <laughs> break it every curfew. Jesus. Yeah, God Almighty, he'll have this bloody queuing on narwhals behind him next, you know. <laughs> but the thing is, you see, let's wrap things up with something a little bit more. Is it kind of? Is it upbeat? Or is it downbeat? I'm not too sure, actually. But there's, um, there's a story that these uh, miners, some Chinese miners, are trapped underground at the moment. Did you know about this? Oh, no, no. No, there's been, uh, there's been uh, an explosion in a gold mine, right? And there's a load of miners missing. But then they've yeah. got some miners, and they've managed to sort of, like, locate them, and they're communicating with them and everything like this. The, but this, the headline here is, The trapped Chinese miners say thanks for the medicine, 
but ask for sausages. <laughs> oh, sausages? I didn't know they were a fan of sausages. Yeah. So, eleven miners. This is this is a BBC News story. So, eleven miners trapped underground after an explosion at a Chinese mine have said they are grateful for nutritional liquids and medicine delivered via a long, thin communication tunnel, but would really like some pork sausages. <laughs> so the miners have been able to communicate via a new telephone line. And rescuers had initially lowered rations on a cable and received back a note saying, Don't stop trying to reach us. So, that, I mean, obviously they're really oh, pretty desperate man. and all that sort of stuff by then. But I think they're probably getting used to it a bit now and they've got their heads together and thought to themselves, Well, what, you know, these medicines are all right and, and these sort of like nutritional soups are okay. What do we fancy? Somebody back has gone, <coughs> Sausages. Ooh, that's a good idea, Stephen. Oh, hands up for sausages. Yes, yeah. right. We'll, we'll once you said now. it as well, once you said sausages, that's all you're gonna be thinking of, isn't it? Like, oh Jesus, why did you mention sausages, Steve? Well, I think this as well. You know, he's like, it sort of lessens the importance. If, if these guys, all I'd be wanting in my life, I want to see my family. I want to get back. I want to get back to the cove or something like this. You know, this guy's going. What do you guys want? Are you okay? Sausages. <laughs> like, Come on, mate. Anything else? You're right there. Yeah, fine. Look, if we're working still, just get some sausages. Yeah, get some sausages. We'll just crack on. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, so the, the crew's uh, rescuers were growing increasingly concerned by Tuesday about underground water levels, saying they were considering using submersible pumps to try and clear some of it away, you know. Mm. But the miners had thanked the, the rescues for porridge and other nutritional liquids and stuff like that. But they said they would be more grateful for a traditional meal of sausages. Now, I didn't know sausages were traditional in China, did you? I've had Thai sausages before, no puns. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> uh, and there, you know, they're a lot, how can I say it? A little bit more spicier, the, the skin's more genuinely done in the. You know, I do we still use yeah in the guts type of stuff? But they're they bloody lovely. But they're yeah. a, a, like a very you know like a an equivalent of what are those hard Spanish chorizo? Oh, like a chorizo like? sort of thing. Yeah, like yeah, a, that but kind it's of sweet. Like a... It's like this. It's nearly like a I won't say a pudding, but it's a sweet sausage. And you cut it into slices and you fry the slices, and my god, that is the best sausage in the pissing world. It's so <laughs> nice, man. Not in spicy the at all. Pissing world. <laughs> <laughs> it's just this sweet, sweet sausage. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, here you see, I, I think we've stumbled onto something here, you know, because it's I've I've often wondered about this thing where the universal creatures, things like these dragons, isn't there? Every, every nation has a dragon, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe every nation has a sausage. <laughs> <laughs> we need to find out. We need to go for the world sausage hunt. Oh, we're. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you've already been on it. <laughs> I did most of the continents, I kid. <laughs> This is it, you know. If, if you could find the sausages of the world and put them on a map or something, you know, we really might be onto something. Because wow, sausages are one of my yeah. favourite foods. I love sausages. Yeah, right? yeah. And I've got a new favourite sausage. Actually, is All right. uh, you, you know what? Oh, what the. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of them now. Richmond. Richmond. Did I mention this before? Yeah, you did, but as I'll say it again for this. I've done it. On the, <laughs> I've mentioned it on the show before. No. Right. Cool. Because my favourite ones are um, the Richmond sausages, right? Which are, are shit sausages. They're horrible. Yeah, yeah. Cheap shit sausages. Yeah. No, it's all fat and grease and lard. But they do a vegetarian, you like a no or meat-free sausage, right? Oh, why? Honestly, mate, it's the business. It is the Ooh. business. It's like meat-free, guilt-free sausage, and they just taste like. They do taste just like sausages, 
but you know you, you don't feel like a complete sort of monster eating them because you don't think oh these are all lips and assholes no no yeah, they, this yeah. is quality gear so I oh, recommend yeah. that to everyone what, out what there what do they make them out like soya beans or something what is it um, oats or something? I, d- I don't know what they make them. Well, I think there is some oats in there. I think there's some sort of. But I, I'm not supposed to eat that kind of thing because uh, I'm, I can't. I can't eat gluten. But um, there is some sort of like wheat in there, like as a binding agent. But I ate some and didn't know for ages, and I just had no no adverse effects whatsoever. So I've been eating them ever uh-huh. since. I feel fine, you know. Oh, I'm gonna give them a go. You've been keeping them all to yourself, Arky. Here's me with a bit right at the end of the show. A lovely bit of sausage advice for the listeners out there. <laughs> I tell you what, I'd like though. I want to eat that sausage. I want to be patting a little piggy on its head. You know, like giving him a wink, like oh, you know, right, son. That's you're a sweet right. thing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Is that? Oh. oh, oh, oh. Maybe, maybe what we need is what we need is a three sausage roast coming this Christmas. That's what we need. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds yummy. Yeah, maybe yeah. Easter we could do that. Yeah, have it on the side, you know. But then again, we'd miss the three fish finger roast, wouldn't we? You, know? uh, you have to have that at Christmas. Well, yeah. so have to have two big dishes. It's traditional. <laughs> big dishes. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, it's been great, uh, great having all you, uh, all you listeners here, um, tuned in. Um, so all it's left for me to do now is say thank you, guys, and say it's a big bye bye from Matt. It's a big bye bye from Benny. Woo! I'll take care <laughs> out there, guys. See ya. <laughs> See ya, bye. There are three ways you may contact Kraken Cold. Either by email at podcast at gmail.com on Twitter at Crackencove or Instagram at Crackencovepod. Ha ha!